Blog Talk Radio. I am your hostess, Cynthia, and here at Mama's Pearls, we like to take the most beautiful pieces of life and string them together for you. We are coming off of Mother's Day weekend, and last week, if you joined us on the show, we had the most beautiful and divine, gorgeous Latham Thomas from Tender Shoots Wellness on the show to really kind of help us celebrate the creation space. The creation space is where we all come from and birth from and where we will ultimately return to. And while we are undergoing our life here, and particularly for mothers and expectant mothers and and women who wish to be mothers and make that transformation in their lives, how do we tap into that space and keep that channel pure as we cre- as we prepare our bodies um, to serve literally another life and to create another life? So the um, the show last week was creation space. I urge you to all go on to the archives at blogtalkradio.com and find and listen to it. And the pearl of last week was your new zip code. There are many techniques and ways that you can adjust your lifestyle from from your practices in your kitchen to what you're eating to your practices with your body as far as doing yoga and exercise and then just kind of having a more holistic outlook. And Latham Thomas really brings you through all of these. And one of the things she was saying on last week's show, which I just love and kind of um, really admire about her is how well she knows the the food. And I say this, I mean, she's more of a plant-based nutritionist, but, you, you know, you can throw anything at her of what you're kind of craving, and she will boil it down to a science as far as what you're craving, what it means internally. It, you know, it's much more than just, I want a Sunday. It's basically creating craving sweetness in your life and, you know, and going those deeper levels with your relationship and, and intimacy with food. So, again, I love her and I urge you all to to get to know her. You'll be kind of tapped right into the creation space when you when you kind of come to know her. So, you know, from 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 that show and kind of readjusting from that creation space and wanting to kind of stay tapped into that source energy, one of the things I was kind of like thinking about when, you know, so many crazy things were happening in the world was how, as a mother, you kind of get to know your greatest love and your greatest fear. And these two polar opposite energies, or at least we see them as polar opposite energies, um, can really take us in very extreme directions in in all senses of the words, from our emotional state to our rational state to our irrational state. And we've kind of had a, a double whammy of it 
and saw it being kind of um, exemplified for us of just how wide it can it can expand with the events of, I think it was two weekends ago already, around the royal wedding of Kate Middleton and Prince William, and which kind of started us early on a Friday, um, Friday morning, kind of going to the other side of the weekend and closing out, this is one weekend, to Sunday night where Obama, President Obama came on, on the airways and basically announced that Osama bin Laden was killed. Two extreme, polar opposite, intense events. You have love, you have fear. What has that been doing to us? I mean, that was such an intense, crazy weekend, and it took me, and it has still taken me a while to kind of sort out my my feelings and emotions around it. And I kind of want to de- dedicate this show to really exploring exploring those events and what it means for us energetically, because to experience those extreme extreme opposite of feelings, literally from a Friday of love to a Sunday and Monday morning of fear, and really not being able to escape it. Everyone was talking about it. You couldn't turn on the TV without without escaping it. So how do we how do we dial up our own energy? How do we keep ourselves kind of um, kind of centered when all of this is happening around us in such ex- you know extreme um, extreme ends of the opposite supposedly opposite spectrums and how can we kind of integrate those two feelings? Ultimately, those feelings emanate from the same space, that same creation space, that same source space. It is all one. So how do we do it? And I also found in talking to a lot of people and and hearing their reactions and kind of being a sounding board is that millions of people were focused on on these events, both of the events, the extreme love, the extreme fear. Yet in all that unity, there seemed to be a great divide among the facts about, you know, of what was happening on both sides, about how we were supposed to kind of look at what was being presented to us and having that, still having that individual experience about, okay, I see that for what it is, but what do I think about it? How am I feeling about it? Where should I go from here? So I really wanted to um, to kind of dive into this further today, and I brought in onto the show my, um, I call her my personal Egyptian priestess, and when you get to know her, you'll you'll understand why. She is such a fierce, fierce woman, and I've I come to know her because through basically doing some energy work and intuitive sessions with her and in her way of um, of expressing it. Her name is Hala Nematsada. I hope I pronounced that right, Hala. And she is just a mover and shaker and has a successful conceptual line and style site that has catapulted her success in many fields. And she basically uses energy healing as just one of these tools to catapult her, her success. And what she does is she works in sessions with both crystals and intuitive energies to basically help people just shift and transmute and get focused and to have it happen quickly. And she's been a guide for me. I I think we've had like two or three sessions already, and she's been so tapped in and so right on, and I'm just really, really excited to introduce everyone to Hala. Hala, are you with us? Hi. Hala. (laughs) 
<laughs> that was great. Thank you. <laughs> oh, thank you. So tell us a little bit more about what you are doing with your, your energy sessions and your healing sessions. Um, okay. Well, I, I actually really want to begin by stating that this work I fell into completely by accident and haphazardly. <laughs> um, so, you know, the fact that I'm calling myself an intuitive and I'm working with energy, I mean, if you would have told me this five years ago, I would have been like, what are you talking about? Right. Um, but you know, what I've learned through this work is that your intuition is everything and it is the guiding force in your, in your life and in your past. And how I got started was, um, I was working on bringing in my dream and realizing it, which was to, um, you know, start a really powerful clothing line. And I've always wanted to do this since I was three and I was, you know, pushing myself and pushing myself, and every time I would try and, you know, get some sort of success in the conventional way, um, I found that it was like hitting a wall, and I started doing um, a lot of spiritual work and a lot of um, work where, you know, you go within, you start meditating, and you start really getting to the core of who and what you truly are, and through that, all of a sudden, my intuition completely opened up, and I started doing intuitive work, and I started working with Crystal, and all of this was self-taught, but the results that I had were so powerful and so dramatic that I started working with others, and I could see that what was working for me was working for them as well. Right. Right. You are you are basically, um, <laughs> you say like you're your sessions are like rock with crystals and you are like, you are a little rock star. Um, <laughs> and I've just, I love that you basically can, can just supercharge a person, tap right into source and supercharge. So where can, where can people find you? What's the best way to reach you? Cause you have a few different websites. Right. Um, I think the best way for people to reach me would be um, actually to, directly email do you mean to um see my site or in other words to reach yeah, me directly? For, your, for your website and also to contact you to set up sessions okay so the best way to contact me for sessions would be to directly email me at h1984 at aol.com which is my personal email okay and your um, website my site for Rock with Crystal, I am hosted on the Her Future Network, which I urge all women to join. Um, it is a site for all the women that do the spiritual work, and I have a power posse called Rock with Crystal. And okay, it's a long one, but the site is www.herfuture h e r f u t u r e dot com backslash group backslash h a l e h N-E-M-A-T-Z-A-Z-E-H presents Rock with Crystal. Okay, and I'm also going to post that on my Facebook yeah. link because that, that's a total it's a mouthful. mouthful. Um, <laughs> yeah. And your other one is also, which is easier for people to find, is Hala TV, which I love yes. too. Hala.tv. Okay. Okay, so now that we know a little bit of where you're coming from, you and I, we had a conversation, I think it was last week, and we started talking about what was going on in the world because the energy right now seems to be a little little nutty and it seems to be just 
you know, swinging from one side to the other, and people are kind of like tennis balls. <laughs> so I see people lately. They're like tennis balls just being like bounced around from one way to the other. And we started really talking about how to to anchor it, that no matter what's going on on the tennis court and who's playing and who's throwing things in your face, to kind of dial up your own energy so you can stay balanced and centered. Honey, you there? Hello. Hi, are you there? Hello? Okay. Yeah, I'm here. So, oh, you dropped off a bit. Okay, so um, so basically in, in kind of starting with before you even turn on the TV and going to look at the these major, major world events that are happening all around us, how do we kind of stay back and stay grounded and center without being like the tennis ball being lopped around the court? Um, well, <clears throat> through my own work, what I've noticed is, and, you know, especially when you work in businesses that are really demanding, where you're constantly being bombarded with um, information that can really sway you from one emotion to the other, um, what I've really learned is is that to almost practice um, seeing yourself as a witness versus um, believing who and what you are through these emotions. So, for example, a situation would come up in world events that would cause you extreme fear, um, extreme restlessness. And rather than believing and owning the stories that are being fed to you to practice being a witness, and almost like when you talk about this pendulum that swings from one end, one extreme to the other extreme, um, when you realize that these are just polar opposites of the same emotion because they have to exist, So you have extreme love, which if you, we do have extreme love going on in this world, which is amazing, we have to extreme the we have to. Um, I'm sorry, we have to experience the polar opposite, which is extreme fear. But staying grounded and almost seeing yourself as like a tree rooted, and that no matter what's being thrown at you, um, you sort of stay like like a tree does, really, really strong in your roots really firm and really certain of um, your emotions would be one way to really help, like, anchor you in, like, all the chaos that's going on, which is a lot. I mean, energy is really extreme right now, and I'm sure you could feel it and a lot of your listeners could feel it too. Mm -hmm. And I I love how you're saying that, you know, love and fear, it's really one of the same. Because that's, you know, we're, we're kind of always taught to preach to take sides and no matter and it really is so interchangeable and so many people you know we keep bringing up how it's osama and obama and how just one letter can just flip you into being a champion and a chariot and you know the the world leader and so powerful and so supported into flip it to the s and now it's the, you know, the criminal mastermind of all time, our, our Lex Luthor, our, you know, our evil villain. And those, that interchange, how easy that is interchanged just kind of baffles me. And yet you have even, you put a poster of Obama in what in other territories that don't like us particularly much right now, and it's all reversed where Osama is their champion and now, you know, it, 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 
the whole question of whether we open up, you know, gain closure in one chapter but kind of open ourselves to a whole other world, you know, it's kind of like that reverse polarity is happening depending on which side of the court you're sitting on. So to look at it as love and fear as, you know, in a oneness state, I think is really where we're all kind of going. But orienting people to the same thing, even as a witness, because I was bearing witness to to both of these events with the royal wedding. At first, I was like, eh, I'm not going to watch it. I wound up DVRing it. I, <laughs> I was, exa- I was it. exactly like, the same. Like, <laughs> I was like, what is all this fuss? Everyone needs to like, you know, get real. Who cares? And yeah, of course. <laughs> and end up glued to the TV, hysterically crying as she's walking down the aisle. Like, yeah, couldn't stop, couldn't stop watching. And I wanted to watch all the highlights and the recaps. And then everywhere I turn, everyone's talking about it, and all the magazines are covering it, and every single news channel. I mean, oh my God! But you know, in what we're watching, and like you're saying, and being witness, you still can't help but get, you know, have an emotional reaction to what you're watching. It's it's just a human experience to 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 want to go there, you know. But when you do pull back and you think you start questioning or you experience that range of emotion and then come back and question, it's like, well, what what's going on? You know, why are there still monarchs? We're in the United States. We don't believe in monarchy. We, you know, what it is about the monarchy, the class system, the you know, the division of the classes, the the people versus the upper echelon that are there with their fascinators. I mean, there was a whole bunch of things going on that kind of detracted from from the elements of love that we were supposedly witnessing and watching rekindled. I mean, to me, I thought that, you know, I think the re- one of the reasons why it impacted so many people is almost like the monarch is nostalgic to people and it's comfort and you know, like a lot of what we're discussing, especially with these, you know, with these events, is the dying of the old way. And, you know, we can see that in government right now. We can see that with, um, you know, leaders like Obama now and, you know, all of these rigid sort of corporate, and I'm not saying, you know, corporate as in like all corporations are bad, but you know what I mean by this very like rigid, like old way. This is dying, and I think for people to see a royal wedding in this day and age is just it represents comfort and it represents you know ease and almost like holding on a little bit to you know this way that we were used to right and i also think with when you look at prince william you see princess diana you see and that it, can- yeah i mean you he has his mom's energy completely like all the love all the altruism definitely Right, and we were so, you know, she was so tapped into everyone's heart. And, you know, when you see that, it's just kind of, you know, even that has sorrow in it. So even just conjuring up her memory brings up both love and fear, that, you know, this this woman who we kind of all tapped into and had so much love and adoration for, she went into this whole other thing about, you know, her death, and that brings up the sorrow and the fear and those energies. So that too is kind of one in one in the same. Yeah, I mean it's 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 amazing how um how, you know, it's just they're two polarities of the same same emotion, basically. Right. Um and actually one of the things that I started to pick up through my work and notice is that um like we were discussing, you know, how how much comfort and how much love you can almost feel witnessing this event of this wedding, but people often with 
fear tend to just want to like push it away and push it away and almost you know, make it like, oh, that's a, you know, dirty emotion. I don't want to have anything to do with it. But when you go within the fear and you start almost going through that darkness, what you'll find is that when you come through, you'll you'll go only straight back to love. Does that make any sense? It does make sense. And I, I think everyone's journey is 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 through that. And a lot of people can only get to the love through fear. But through how fear. can we... Ex- through fear, but how can we kind of transmute even both of those emotions and realize that it's just a state of oneness? You know, and I um and I happened upon this pearl by Swami Vivekananda, who said, "All differences in this world are of a degree, and not of kind, because oneness is the secret of everything." And like the degrees of separation that he's talking about is as simple as the change in the B and the S, is as simple as, you know, seeing seeing the love that's you know, that's surrounding the royal wedding with kind of you know, there is a lot of fear. I wouldn't want to step into that family and <laughs> be the daughter in law. <laughs> you know. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. Um, so, you know, in, in getting, dialing up to that, that state of oneness kind of transcends both love and fear. But the other thing that I keep thinking is like, you know, with with all of us witnessing and having these events like play to us in our living room, it's like we share in this global family. We're all part of the same somewhat dysfunctional family, I might say, um, watching these events of our cousins and our brothers and our sisters and our, you know, long, 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 long lost ugly stepchildren um, going through these ups and downs. And this kind of swing back and forth and coming coming through to us is almost, um, you know, do we gossip about it and do our own internal saint or do we kind of witness and kind of go back inward and say, okay, Whatever's going on, obviously, whatever I'm picking up on is a lesson for me at this time, and I need to, you know, somehow transmute that all. Yeah, I mean, that's exactly it for me. I mean, everything for me is about my personal experience in this work. I mean, I've had teachers, but ultimately it was very intuitive. And, you know, what was really important was to understand that everything, like even the darkness, even the fear... All of it is just there for a lesson. So exactly, that's another way. I mean, practicing almost like being a witness, where all this, all these things are going on around you, and you're you're just almost witnessing it. You're not necessarily experiencing it. You're choosing to own which part of your reality you want to bring in, if that makes any sense. Um, so witnessing and almost um, remembering that it's all a lesson keeps you from really um, sort of being swayed so extreme and you keep yourself really centered and grounded, definitely. What are some of the biggest obstacles that you see in your practice and with your clients that that come up with this? Um, I would say that I've been very, very fortunate that the people that have come to me are really ripe and ready to do this kind of work Um, because, you know, Again, my story is such an unusual one of, you know, a fashion designer and a DJ and someone being almost very, like, rock and roll and edgy going into this very, (laughs) you know, pristine (laughs) and, like, spiritual. And, you know, people, when they think of 
spiritual work, it's, it, it still has this connotation that it did in the 60s, which is very airy-fairy and very new-agey. And um, basically my point is, is that I've been very fortunate that the type of people that have come to me have been very open and ready to do this kind of work. But the challenges really are um, to, you know, to still stay grounded and focused and to realize that, you know, even though we can really tap into this, um, I would like to say this greater consciousness, this collective consciousness, source energy, that we don't, um, that we also stay grounded and centered. Because a lot of people have the tendency to almost like fly away and that did happen to me in the beginning of my work because it's just like, whoa, you know what I mean. It's like, whoa, what is all this stuff? And um, and also to to stay disciplined is a big challenge because a lot of people, um, you know, your your mind is your biggest tool. It's everything, your intuition and your mind and how you use it. And when you, it's almost, it's almost like keeping your ego is like almost like a little dog on a leash and people have to, keep discipline and keep doing the work and keep witnessing their thoughts, keep meditating. It's it's not it's almost like going to the gym. So discipline is one of the biggest challenges where people, you know, want the results, they want to stay connected, but they um they don't want to do the work to discipline their minds. Right. I think that's so key as far as and and Gabby Bernstein always says that about taking taking your ego for a walk like it's a dog right. on a leash. Right, and, that was what it, her metaphor was for me all the right. time. She was always like, you I, got it down. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. But I think it's, it's very true as far as, you know, exercising those intuitive muscles, exercising, trying to trying to put yourself as a witness. And being a witness does not mean just being a blank observer. Like, you can still empathize. You can still kind of talk somebody through it. I mean, when you're working with clients and, and doing your sessions, like, you need to give feedback. But it's kind of, you know, keeping keeping yourself kind of clear so you don't get caught up, even though you can acknowledge what they're feeling and what their energy is holding, right? Right, right. So that's a perfect example of, you know, um, you know where you're working with a client and let's say something very heavy is going on in their life. And, you know, you empathize and you work with them, but at the same time being the witness is, well, that's not my experience, and I choose not right. to own that part, you know, not to own that right. part of her experience. And um, so much of it is also about um, really choosing not to see yourself as a victim. It's something really, really big that's also come up for me in doing this work is oftentimes when people are being dragged down, it's almost like they're choosing to believe their ego stories about something. I, yeah, I think it the you know the ego plays such a trick, and you know through even just looking at these world events, like especially with Osama, like he's been for over a decade like our poster child for evil, of fear. You know, he's the reminder to us in the United States that fear exists in this world and we're not safe, and we've lived with that. So, you know, having having you know him no longer be part of a picture raises like all these other emotions like you know I've talked to some people and they said they they feel you know a little bit more more freedom they feel a little bit less scared you know all surrounded around around the fear energy but you know removing 
removing that is like, you know, but what else? It raises so many unknown unknown variables which can still trigger us down the fear even though so many people kind of want to celebrate it, you know? Yeah, I mean, um, I'm like, I don't know when I, you know, I don't want to interrupt her. (laughs) She's doing such a good thing. Um, (laughs) You can chime in any (laughs) time. Yeah, I mean, it's it's funny to me how, um, you know, I remember back in September 11th when this whole event happened and, you know, our country was so terrified and, you know, we, it was, you know, the Bush administration, which is so alpha and so old world and was like, you know, once we get Osama bin Laden, all our problems are over. Like, you know, once we find this man, um, you know, this won't happen again. And, you know, almost 10 years later, it's like I'm sure, and I can only imagine for the people that have been affected by this tragedy, I'm sure it brings them ease and, you know, peace to know that, you know, the perpetrator has been caught. But ultimately, to me, until we um, we realize that the problem comes down to generations and generations being taught to hate. So, right. I mean, it's not a question of getting these leaders, obviously. You'll get one, and then another one will pop their head in and replace right. them. But it's more to me about, you know, when you have countries that are literally raising their children from the time they're born to believe that, you know, their purpose is to hate, you know, to hate certain groups of people or to, um, that basically all the problems of their lives are caused by a certain group of people, then ultimately you're going to have this problem go on for generations. So it's almost like a human rights issue more than it is, you know, terrorism and Obama and, you know, all this stuff that's going on in the Middle East. Right, that that's what kept. Um, and if you're listening live, we're gonna it, the show's gonna stop streaming live, but you're gonna, you're gonna have to go to the archives. But we're gonna continue on for just a couple of more minutes here to to finish out this thread. But okay. that was something too that that I just kept um, sensing was where is the the humanitarian aspect in this? You know, and that was coming up for me in my emotional responses was wait a minute we just we just killed someone pretty much in in cold blood going into a raid in a sovereign territory of Pakistan and into a compound where he and his family were and like took them all down was it deserving was it just you know justified homicide um you know it just raises all these questions and those even questioning that is the humanitarian piece of saying, hey, you know, we we all we all um, we all are here to love. Every life is precious, you know. And I keep hearing Masha in my background, in my the back of my head, saying, you know, it's all about forgiveness, and even he needs love. And it's like, but wait a minute, I don't want to go there because of what he did. And we kind of get caught in like that that tick for tat menta- mentality. Um, that kind of almost eye for an eye justice that that crime and punishment that that we've been like you said we've been kind of trained with even here you know we've been trained with that that if you do something wrong you're 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 going to get punished. And I don't see that any different than the countries that um, well maybe as far as different vari- variations of an extreme of um, teaching hatred because that to me is 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 the same energy. 
Right. So the core the core energy is this. It's, you know, generations being taught to hate to hate one another. Um and it is. It's a human mm-hmm. it's a human rights, it's a humanitarian issue. And um you know, it, it's it's tricky because absolutely, you know, from a higher perspective, it's really important to forgive and you know, to um I mean, obviously, you know, when you look at the forgiveness work and you look at somebody like Osama bin Laden, if you trace back and you probably see, well, what happened? You know, where did all this come from? Then you're able to forgive. And you see, like, okay, this person was a victim. This is what happened to his family, you know, all of this. But in terms of forgiveness and seeing all this, it's again, it's also important for us to experience the darkness before we go straight to forgiveness which is something that I've really, this is like the deeper spiritual work that I've recently begun to understand, which is, you know, forgiveness and love, it has to be authentic and it has to be real in order for this shift to happen. So, you know, when you look at somebody that did something really wrong and, you know, you just kind of put like this forgiveness mandate over the boo-boo, like, oh, I forgive them, but you're not really authentically feeling that. Um, Staying present and really staying in that feeling and emotion of, well, you know what, I really don't believe right now that I can forgive this person, but I would like to, is way more powerful than us pretending like, you know, no, no, this nothing happened, and, you know, I, I choose to forgive them, and it's not authentic. In that way, it's, it's, it's pretty much the same thing as staying in the hate. So where do we take it from here? You know, I'm sure people listening are kind of in in various places and in various degrees of of their own um, their own process. With one just sorting out their feelings and and issues around these two major events, um, as well as in their their day to day practice of just you know wanting to kind of stay stay centered and and focus and be a witness, or may may not know that they're getting swept away. Where do they go? Um. It's really difficult. They go to, to your website. They go to my website. I mean, yeah, they should contact me, <laughs> and you know, make all their problems go away. No. Um, I think it's very personal. I think everyone's ex- experience is very personal, and how you know they can stay centered and grounded, and you know, through all these chaotic events of what's going on around us. For me personally, I this is going to sound outrageous, but I don't watch the news. I don't mm-hmm. um I choose not to partake in this sort of fear based media and um I choose to take this information in in doses and in ways in which I don't get sucked in. So like the perfect example right. you were saying, right, about like, you know, you would work with a client that would have a very heavy energy, something going on in their life. I choose to remember that basically if I stay in light and I stay in love and I choose to create the best experience in my life that I possibly could for myself, then inevitably I am healing the frequency of the planet. I am healing all those, you know, it's almost like um, I, I remember Gabby once saying that, like, a butterfly that flaps its wings in South America can cause, like, reverberations across the entire world. Something like that. Yeah. Right. Right, the butterfly effect. So it's by us choosing to stay in our own light and choosing our best feeling thoughts, then ultimately we are doing a service and we are staying centered and grounded. That's beautiful. And I think that's a beautiful way to to close out. 
and leave people with with um, a place to fly and do their own metamorphosis, and you know really try to work to transmute you know both of the the extremes. Um, it, it's really hard to be kind of battered around the tennis court like that and that was just one hell of a weekend and you know on on top of that you know we have just all these other major world events and natural disasters that you know just coming back and spending time with your family and kind of getting back grounded in your own space is so so key but it's also yes we do need to keep our what's about us we do need to keep aware of what's going on with our global consciousness and our global family, which way the pendulum is swinging so we can kind of, you know, hold our own space as well as kind of shine a light for everybody out there. And Hala, my dear, hello. Was that you or me? Hello, hallelujah. I just, you just really are such a goddess doing just such goddess work with divine energy. And I just, I just love it. I love it every time I, I see you and speak to you. And I love this path that you are now on. I am so like, hallelujah, that you found this path and are doing this work. And now it's a way, you know, you can still follow your your fashion passion that never has to die for you. You'll always be rock and roll. Um, And in the meantime, you're really helping to, to guide people through. Hello? 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 